Welcome to Talks with Tina. I'm your host, Tina Battaglia, bringing you truths, humor, and heart. I want you to know that you're not alone in this crazy thing we call life. From growing up in the South, becoming a foster kid, to hitting it big time and being adopted as a teenager, and then I trucked across the country to the Hollywood Hills, where I went from being on-air talent to marrying a hunky Hollywood actor and Emmy-winning producer, and then I had to reinvent myself, becoming a mom, and then becoming a nurse. I know exactly what it's like to try to make it in this world we call life. I get what it's like to keep on reinventing yourself and dealing with day-to-day crazy. I'm ready to experience the joys with you, persevere against some of life's battles beside you. So, be prepared during these episodes to laugh out loud, sometimes cry, and I'll always give you a non-filtered truth only a best friend can hand out. So, here comes your next episode of Talks with Tina. Hi, everyone. It's me, Tina. And boy, did I get a wave of DMs and emails about our last episode, Dear Biological Mom. Now, if you did not get to listen to that episode, I introduced to you a guy named Sean who was getting ready to knock on the doors. And I'm going to say a surprise knock on the doors of his birth mother, which I might add gave him up for adoption when she was only 13 years old. And that was one of the big things that people wrote in. They wanted to know what happened. I mean, I've just gotten so many emails and DMs from it. This past January, Sean was able to get the information from New York State um, who his parents were. He was adopted when he was born, right out, right out of the hospital, which was a beautiful blessing, and grew up with two beautiful, beautiful parents who he loved and adore. But this year, after turning 40, he discovered who his biological parents were, and he decided to jump on a plane. We spoke to him just a few days before he did jump on that plane in March. And today I have him with me. And really, everyone wants to know what happened. And it was really funny. My mother even called me and I would not tell her what really happened and um, what was the outcome. So today I have with me again in-house, Sean. Sean, welcome. Thank you for being with us again. The viewers, the listeners, people are wanting to know what happened. You got on that plane on Tuesday. and Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, thanks for having me again. So as you mentioned, I did get on the plane on Tuesday, and and I had a really well-thought plan, I felt, um, on how I was going to address getting to meet both my biological parents. Um, Both of them, after doing my research, I believe to have lived still in the same city that I grew up in. And I had addresses uh, from both sides. So from my father's side, I had an address. From the biological mother's side, I had an address, along with even relative addresses uh, of theirs as well. And so I really did my homework. And the plan was, after I arrived on Tuesday, <clears throat> um, flying West Coast to East Coast, 
and not having direct flights directly into Buffalo makes it for kind of a long day. And so my my plan was to go on a Wednesday morning, basically the day after I returned to seek out my biological mother. Right. So you landed Tuesday. You're thinking, I'm just going to go to my hotel or go to your mother's um, home, your adoptive mother's home who raised you. And you're going to stay there and then go see her, your, your biological mom on Wednesday morning. Okay. Yeah, that's right. I was staying with my sister. So um, I was going to stay there overnight and then the next morning go and seek out my biological mother based on the research that I had done. Right. And for some reason, after I arrived, um, I just something inside of me said, you know what? I just need to go do this now. I think I had so many um, years of waiting. Certainly, I could have waited another day, but something inside me said, you know what? Let's just go tonight. Let's just see if you can, you know, meet her. You have her address. You're only a few minute car ride away based on where I was staying. And so that's what I set off to do. And the city that you're in is North Tonawanda, correct? Yes, that's right. Okay. Yeah. And so I got in the car and I pulled up to to her house and I kind of just sat there, sat there for a few minutes. Um, you know, I I don't want to say I was super nervous, but I was I was a little bit nervous. Um, I was I didn't know what to expect. I knew that she had lived there and she had her partner that lived there with her. And when I knocked on the door, when I, you know, I was going through the different possibilities of who could answer the door and what would happen if a certain person answered and what would I say and so forth. Um, so uh, needless to say, I got out of the car, went up to the door and, and, and knocked and ended up that her partner answered the door and she wasn't home. And so her partner started asking me some questions of who I was and uh, caught me off guard a little bit. I thought I was prepared to answer those questions. Um, he, but, he was he was standing there. You're knocking and you're like asking. So like, how did you say it? Like, hi, my name is Sean. Yeah, I said, hi, my name is Sean. Yeah, I said, hi, my name is Sean. I flew in from Seattle. I know Brenda. I want to have a conversation with her. Do you know if she's around? Uh, his first response was, no, she's not here right now. And, you know, who are you? And, um, and I was like, oh, who are you? <laughs> who am I? Who am I? Okay. okay. And, and, you know, and really, I didn't want to tell him. I didn't know if he knew. I didn't know if he knew the story. She has been with him for quite some time. But I still don't know if she told him. Correct. So I, in, in a way, I didn't want to necessarily tell him and tell him before I got an opportunity to, to tell her. Okay. So you were, you know, still trying to show respect. Okay, so he, you're looking at him. He's looking at you. He says, who are you? All these thoughts are going in. And then what did you say? Well, I told him, I said, you know, I have some mutual friends with Brenda. I had to kind of think on the fly. And, in, and the reason why I stated that was because through my research in Facebook, we did, in fact, have mutual friends. God, gotta love so, Facebook. Gotta love Facebook. Yeah, I mean, so... That's what I stated. I said, you know, I, I know this individual um, and Brendan knows this person, too. And, you know, I wanted to get together to, to say hello to Brenda. And he said, oh, OK. He said, oh, and then he explained to me that Brenda wasn't home and was at her mother's house. And he stated that she, he's like, her mother's not feeling well. She's not doing too well. So Brenda goes and takes care of her in the evenings. 
And I said, well, okay. So which well, would be your grandmother. Which would be my grandmother. Okay. That's right. And so before I left, um, you know, he was taking notes. He had a little notepad and, and so forth, take my name down. He, I gave him my phone number. I, I told him to um, take down my birth date. And I don't know if he knew or knew, knew or, or not why, because I felt like if I didn't give my birth date, maybe she wouldn't call because she doesn't right, recognize. She doesn't know your name is Sean. That's right. right. And so I gave so, my birth date. So your birth date is? 315.79. So I, I love when you told me this story. Um, and you you tell me this um, when we were talking on the phone. And you said, I just sort of, I looked at him and all I said was, just tell her 31579. And I just got so tickled because, like, and everything that you think you're gonna say, and everything you think you're gonna do now or not do, the things that kind of like blurted out was 31579. So we'll we'll go back to 31579 in a moment. Okay, so go keep continuing. Sure. So I left the home knowing that she was at the mother's house, and I got back in the car and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I I think my initial thought was, you know what? I gave it a try. It's been a long day. I'm going to go home. Let me call Tina. Let me see. (laughs) Okay. So, so everyone, Sean and I have, um, you know, he's obviously, as you know, in the twist to last week's episode or the last episode, um, he is my cousin by marriage. And so we developed this friendship because I discovered Sean through his discovery of me looking for his biological side. And he had um, his, a, a friend of him, his had contacted me through messenger on Facebook the day after I found my biological father, which I think is so, I mean, if you don't believe in God, you got to believe in the universe. I just think the stars came together and we were supposed to have contact. So anyway, so he jumps in the car. And if you don't mind me telling a little bit of this story, sure, he go jumps on. in the car and he calls me. Now, as y'all know, I'm a little fiery and I got a lot of passion. And he calls me and he says, I don't know what to do. Should I just go and try it tomorrow? And I'm like, are you nuts? Are you nuts? This is your shot. This is your one chance. You don't know if he's going to call her and tell her some crazy just showed up and she may never want to see you because maybe, you know, just regret, fear, whatever. And this is your one chance to lay your eyes. This is what you're, you got, you got to get in that car and being the nurse. And she, he said that she was taking care of, he said she was taking care of her mother. Correct. So I was like, she ain't going to leave her mama. Her mama's sick. Her mama's old. She is not going to leave her mama. You get over there. And he was like, okay. And you get in the car and you're like, you're in the car and you start driving. And I mean, I can hear the click, the turn signals and you're like making the turns and I'm like going down this with you. So now you proceed and tell the rest of the story. Sure. So we, you know, I pull up to the grandmother's house, um, uh, this time I didn't delay. I just got out and uh, walked up to the door. And I and think I was with you till you got right. You to were. The yes. I was. I was on the porch. I, I was your I courage. You. Yes. yes. I was your courage. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. You helped me for sure. Okay. And so I went up and and I rang the doorbell. 
And um, my biological mother, her name's Brenda, she answered the door. And I immediately knew it was her. I've seen pictures of her and so forth. And um, this was my shot. And so when she opened the door, she certainly looked at me and didn't know who I was. She didn't recognize me. It was very obvious the way that she was looking at me. She didn't recognize me. And she said, can I help you? And I said, yeah, hi, my name is Sean. I'm from Seattle. I said, I flew out here to meet you because I believe we're related. And she kind of stood back and she says, related? I said, yes. And so um, she's like, well, how? And again, I would use my line, 31579. 315. I love that. You looked there and you went, 31579. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And and as soon as soon as I did that, um, the door opened and, and she opened the door and she said, you know, we have a lot to talk about. Wow. And and she opens the door and, and she kind of takes a few steps back into her living room, into her mother's living room. <clears throat> and you can see that she's getting very emotional. Um imagine her eyes, her eyes were starting to tear up. And so I just walked over and gave her a hug. Aww. Um, how did you feel how, how, when, when you gave her that first hug? How did you feel? Um, everything was, was great. It, it was kind of, it was going as well as it could be. And I felt really good at that point. Um, did, was there a sense of relief? Was there a sense of sadness? Was there a sense of just utter joy? I, I think there was a lot of different emotions. Okay. Emotions that you may think you would have because I prepared for so long, but I had, a, I think, a lot of different emotions. Mm. Um, I, I was extremely happy and in, in that I got a chance to meet her. I was, I was very, very happy. Um, there was a lot of joy from that. Um, it was also... Um, I didn't, I didn't really know her. And so at the same time, Awkward. Talking, yeah, in, in a way, yeah. in a way, but at the same time, I was really happy. So like I said, a lot of different emotions going on at the same time. Okay. I, I was happy that this, 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 um, I was seeking her out for so long that I finally was able to kind of arrive at this moment. And, and I now had an opportunity to speak with her. She invited me in so that we could talk okay. and and so I remember that we we spoke for a few minutes and she immediately said, hey, mom, you need to meet somebody. And that was my grandmother. And so her grandmother stands up. She was sitting in the kitchen. Um, now, now my grandmother, my, my biological grandmother, she she was ill. She um, she had COPD. She was in stage four. Um, in under hospice care, so not in a really great state, uh, but she still was able to get up and move around and so forth. So she stood up um, from the kitchen table and she came over and I walked towards her and I got an opportunity to to meet my grandmother. And um, I gave her a hug. Um, you, you could see she was pretty emotional as well. I can imagine. I mean, she was the mother that had to make the decision for her 13-year-old and I'm going to say it, child, your mother, your biological mother was a child. And I know as a mother, and I know every mother and parent out there to know 
that they have a 13 year old child that just gave birth who has, they're going to make that decision. I, 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 you know, you know, they probably not, you know, the questions that, you know, come in my mind, you know, they obviously did not want to have to raise another child or could afford to raise another child. The stigma that would have been part of this for the time that she was, you know, that she gave birth to you in the 1970s, late seventies, it was just something that you and I both know in a small town, you just, it, the best thing was to give you up for adoption and, and your life was blessed with the adoption. But I can't imagine what that mother who made the decision for her 13 year old looking at her now grandson, like that emotion over this woman, the, and listen to what she says to you here. Listen, listen to this people. Listen. So we sit down at the table and we begin just uh, talking, both Brenda, um, my grandmother, whose name was Reba. And Reba stated to me that this is something that they had to do. Um, she stated it a few times that this is something they had to do. They didn't have a choice. And in her, in her own way, I feel like there was maybe some guilt potentially that was built up and she was getting it off her chest. Wow. Um, she teared up a little bit when, when she was talking about it. Um, but you know, I was able to reassure her that their decision worked out really well for me. I did end up going to a wonderful mother and father that raised me really well. And I had a wonderful life. And so, um, I think letting her know that maybe gave her uh, you know, a sigh of relief that everything did work out because it was a very big decision for them. And getting to know her and um, Brenda a little bit more that night, you know, they are, they, they are a very family oriented um, family. Uh, they have other children, uh, grandchildren, and so forth. And they're very loving. And so um, once I could put that all together with our conversation, I realized how hard it really probably was for her to make that decision. Do you blame her? No, not at all. I, I think, I think she had the right decision based on where they were and their decision was based on the best interest for me. Right. Right. Regardless how difficult that decision may have been, they knew that they were doing the right thing by me. I mean, and you have three kids of your own. And we talked about this. I mean, if we were put in that position, what would we have done? Right. And and I don't know that you would know that until you're in that position. It happens. Mm -hmm. It might be easy to think that you'd know and you might be at a state ahead of time, but it may take until that actual moment happens to make, to, to really make that decision. So you, you walk into your grandmother's home and you were, you know, blessed with an open door and an open hearts. And that is to me like, everything you could want 
Now we'll talk a little bit more about that, how, how those emotions start changing, but it's everything you could hope for, right? And, and it was a beautiful um, reception because both parties were willing to receive. And not only do you meet, you meet, you meet both mothers that impacted your life, the mother and the grandmother. And so you're sitting there and you're with them for like how long before you just, you needed to go and just kind of give them their, their, their. Um, we time. spoke, we spoke for about an hour Okay. and it was a pretty long day. Um, it was already about 12 hours of just travel at that point. Um, and so after about an hour, um, we, we spoke and we basically stated that we would get together during this week. I, I was staying for a whole week and Brenda had stated that she would take off work to do whatever she needed to do to ensure that her and I got opportunities to meet before I would leave again. Okay. And so because of that, um, we met for about an hour and, and then I left. Okay. So before you leave <clears throat> here, there's the one question on your mind too, because you had ruled um, out, you had, we had, I think we kind of through trying to figure things out, it could have possibly been of the uh, three boys on um, the biological father's side, the three brothers, it was down to two brothers. And you kind of had an idea, but you weren't sure. And I remember before you got in there, you know, we discussed, would you even ask her about the father? And you said, you were going to kind of just play it by ear and see and do that, you know, just see how it works out. Tell everyone what she did in that meeting that hour. Yeah. During that hour, she told me directly who he was. His name is Paul. Mm -hmm. And that is who we thought was most probable. And right. she told me without me having to tell or ask she just came right out and told me. And how did it happen? Because I think everyone was like, okay, she was basically 12 years old when she got pregnant, had you at 13. Where, where was she? What was she doing? What, was, what were the circumstances? And please, God, our biggest fear, and this is why we were so fearful, we, wanted, we didn't know if it was consensual. We didn't know what happened. So tell us what happened. Yeah, so certainly that was a concern, and she did address it, and she said it absolutely was consensual. She said it was consensual. It was a one-time. She said she was 13 years old. It was her first time, and uh, it was consensual. People were fearful that she might have been raped, and I, we were, I think that was one of our biggest joys, right, Sean, that yes. you walked out that door knowing that it was a consensual relationship. We will talk more about that, but it was such a relief to both our hearts and our souls. Yeah. So she, you know, she told me it was consensual. And then what was kind of shocking to me was how she was able to remember because, you know, this was, she was maybe 12 when this happened and how did, you know, she only met him that one time, hadn't seen him afterwards. And it was just that one time. And and how do you remember who he was, his name, and so forth for all those years? And what she told me was that she would sit up in bed at night and just say his name over and over and over again so she wouldn't forget it. Oh. She also wrote it, and she also wrote it down and kept it in her purse. 
And she had kept it all those years. Oh my God. She kept his name and number in her yep. wallet all those years. Yep. Never called it, never reached out to him, but had it. That's right. And you know, I would love to talk to her and ask her what these 40 years have been like and the emotions. Because to me, a woman that carries the name and number in her purse, and she even said it to you that night, I have it in my, in my purse, right? In my wallet. I carry his name and number and never to have reached out, first of all, to honor that and not be angry and just call him out one day. And when she went crazy and just was so upset, you know what I mean? Like, cause we women can get emotional, you know, and, and just to hold on to that secret all of her life. And maybe she shared it with a few people, but just to know that she's had to keep that. And, and in my last episode, I talked about adoption. There is a difference between adoption in my heart, that adoption is about privacy. People have the rights to privacy. They have a right to make a choice to give up a child and not want to be any part of it and have their name but it doesn't give the right to secrecy because secrecy always plagues you with something and burdens you. And it burdens the child. It burdens the person, you know, when you have to keep a secret, that's why I even say what I loved about your parents that adopted you, they weren't secret about it. They told you, we picked you, we loved you. And if you ever want to search, search. And I know you lost your father when you were in high school and your mother a couple years ago. And I just, I just know they're in heaven and they're just looking down on you, Sean. And just, they are so joyful that you have finally come full circle. So I have to move us into the next phase, which um, you guys, I really, I could probably do like a four part series on this story, <laughs> but we got to tell the next part where it's the next day, the next morning, and you get a call. Okay, hold on. Hold on, audience. You're, you're going to, you're, you're going to, your mouth is going to drop. Okay, go ahead, Sean. So I was staying at my sister's house, and I'm still on West Coast time, so I slept in. But my sister's up and about, and she's a pretty much a social butterfly. Knows everything about everything going on with everybody. Oh, I got to meet her. That's my sister. And she she sends me um, a text um, right around 11, 12 o'clock in the morning. And she sends me a picture of my grandmother. And she says, oh, is this your grandmother? Is this the one who you met last night? And I said, well, yeah. How, how did you know? I know we just spoke about it last night. And I actually didn't have a, I didn't show you any pictures of her. And she says, you won't believe this. And I'm sorry to have to tell you this. She passed away last night. And I found out this morning. Okay. 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 So your grandmother, the night, that night she meets you, she basically tells you and explains to you, I'm sorry, but I had to make this choice for my daughter. Right. And she apologizes in her own way, you know, and you, you see it. And then she passes that night. Like, Sean, like we talked about this. Like she got that moment to talk. 
someone asked for forgiveness and then her body released itself from this world. I mean, were you just kind of like, I know, well, I shouldn't say were you, I know. You were like, you called me that morning and said, you're not going to believe this. And I'm thinking, what's, what's he going to tell me? You know, and you told me that. And I, 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 I couldn't even, I couldn't even say anything other than I, you know, me, I cried because I know that that woman got to say, I'm sorry, Sean, but I did it for my baby girl. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was a lot of emotions going through that. There was, um, I'm looking at you now and you're getting, yeah. there was a lot. I didn't, um, I didn't get really, you know, I got a chance to meet her, which was great, which was great. I think I just wish I would have had more time to get to know her a little bit further, you know? Um, you know, I'm going to have to learn more about her now through Brenda, which is, which yeah. is okay. And I know that she's open to doing that. Um, and I love the name Reba. I love that name. Reba. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Tell so a lot of, a lot of emotion went through that day. And, and I know the first thing that I did was, uh, I messaged Brenda to give her my condolences. Cause you know, I had lost my mother just a few years ago, losing a parent might be one of the hardest things you'll ever have to go through in, in your life. And I immediately reached out to her to give her my condolences. Um, and so she responded immediately and, and, and thanked me for that. And she also invited me over um, to, to the grandmother's house. They were going to get together um, as a family and um, they wanted me to, to be there if I was comfortable in going. And, and so. And when was the funeral set? Um, the funeral was set for over the weekend, um, which was um, Saturday, Sunday. Um, Saturday would be the viewing. Sunday would be the funeral. And what day is that? Um, what day was that? Was it three? They are three fifteen, seven. You know, three fifteen. My birthday. Yeah. So, basically, what you're telling me is your grandmother says goodbye to you. I mean, that she meets you and she passes, and the day that she's buried is your birthday. That's right. I get chills. I literally, I mean, I can look, look at, look at my arm right now, Sean. I mean, I get chills saying that to you. Like, like, I just think about her as a, a mother. And she had to make some of the toughest decisions of her life for her child. And she had to watch her child grow up knowing that she had a baby and gave it up. And then to finally meet you and say, I'm sorry, you know, in her own way, I'm sorry. It just, and then she passes it to me. It was just like, she finally got to go. It was like meant to be, it was meant to be for you to show up that day. It really was. And I mean, oh dear, sweet baby Jesus, this is getting good. Okay. I'm going to take a sponsor break. I know you're killing me. I know the audience is killing me, but I'm going to take a, a quick sponsor break and we'll come right back to hear the rest 
of Sean's story. Well, in these days and times, what do you think is the most important thing to start thinking about? Yeah, it's called biosecurity. The only choice, I believe, is Pathogen of Georgia. EPA certified, has a kill claim, and is eco-friendly. You need to get out there and contact Vince B at pathogenga.com. He's redefining biodecontamination. I can't say anything but hashtag infection-free, hashtag disinfection, hashtag safe environment. Contact Vince B at pathogenga.com. I can't thank Pathogen of Georgia enough. Thank you for sponsoring Talks with Tina. And now back to the episode. Okay, so we're back to hear the rest of Sean's story. So we learned your grandmother passes. Now you're invited over to meet the rest of the family. And you're like, what family? You've been, you've done some research. You do believe you have some siblings. So go ahead and proceed, Sean. Yeah, so I went over to the home, to the grandmother's home, and um, the family was all supposed to come over um, to get together because of the passing. And so uh, I arrived uh, a little bit earlier than I think most of the people there. And first thing I did is I went, in, went inside and um, you know gave Brenda a hug, gave her my condolences. And her brother was there. Her brother's name is Terry. And so Terry had never met me. And even though Brenda grew up with Terry, I don't think Terry knew that she was ever pregnant. Like it was, it was kind of a shock to him that I was actually, um, that she had a child. I don't, he didn't know, even though he grew up with her uh, in the same household. Wow. And so he was all open arms and gave me a hub and a welcome to the family. And so, the first encounter with a with a family member was very welcoming. It was a very welcoming uh, event, which was which is great. That's best case scenario. Things are working out perfectly at this point. And during that evening, more and more people start coming in, and I had an opportunity to meet my biological or half sister, my half sister. Um, her name is Lacey, and she came into the house, and she also. Um, she didn't know me. She was told by Brenda that I existed, though. She told she told Lacey. So she knew I existed, but Lacey said she didn't ever expect that we would ever meet. And so I got an opportunity to meet Lacey. Um, and, and we spoke. I got to meet her fiancé as well that night. And everything worked out really well between, I think, her and I for our, from our conversations, mm-hmm. uh, which was great. And then there was um, another a half brother. There was a half brother, and you know, before I left on my trip, I wasn't sure if I had a half brother. I thought there was maybe a chance that I did, um, and come to find out that I that I do in fact have a half brother. Um, his name was Nathan, and so he showed up um, as well um, with his girlfriend and um, his child, and I had. Uh, an opportunity to meet him as well. Um, okay, so, so let me, so, so, so there's clarity. 
Nathan and Lacey, who are your half-siblings, have different fathers, but the same mother, Brenda, correct? That's right. Okay, okay, okay. So you've got, you're now, you have two half-siblings that are welcoming you under also very sad circumstances for them because they grew up with this grandmother, Reba. And you just are able to spend some time with them that night. And I know in the, you say, then you leave and tell everyone what you do next on, I think it's the next day. Yeah. So, you know, everything went well that evening. Um, but, you know, emotions were a little, it was a little overwhelming. It was a little more than I anticipated meeting everybody all at once. Half brother, half sister, mother again, um, you know, and all these other family members that I had an opportunity to meet all that night that none of them knew. And so, and all of them just, you know, taking me in um, like I was family, which was, which was great, but it was also overwhelming. So I told myself I needed to take maybe a little bit of a break uh, from that side and maybe I'd give them, give it a few days. And then over the weekend, maybe reach back out so I can process my thoughts. So the so, interesting point is too, we, we know that the father lives in that town still. Yeah. Okay. That's right. And so I decided to do the same thing, which was just go to the house on the father's side. And I had the address. And so uh, it was an, it was an afternoon and I just showed up at the house. Um, I sat in the car again. <laughs> yeah, and I, I wasn't part of this because I think out of deference to me, you didn't want me involved on this choice. And so you, I, I mean, you, I mean, maybe you weren't even thinking that way, but I felt like you were. You just went ahead and made this decision on your own so that, you know, honestly, you don't want me to have any backlash if you made a decision to go see family that I will reiterate from from the last show episode, they were not receptive. Yeah, and so you know that that side of the family, I was that was the part of the I was able to get more information on early on due to Ancestry.com and DNA and so forth. And I believe that he knew about me, and many of the family members did on that side, but they never actually knew about me because Brenda never stated anything to that side of the family. So I think to them, they were, they were a bit skeptical on uh, the situation. And so I knew that that was something I was going to be up against when I, you know, knocked on that door. And so I did go ahead knock on the door and it was my um, biological grandmother. She answered the door, asked who I was. Um, and she invited me in. I, I mean, I really thought maybe she would be a little intimidated and say, no, I don't know who you are and just push me away. But she didn't. She took me in and she sat me down at the table, um, at the kitchen table, offered me some coffee. So I had a cup of coffee and, and we started to, to discuss. Aw, Aunt um, Chicky, Aunt Chicky. Aww, yeah. I love her. So your grandmother, Francis. And they call her, Aunt, I call her, Aunt, her nickname is Chicky. And um, she is the sister to my father-in-law, Matt, my husband's dad. There were two of them. And um, 
she ended up having two girls and three boys. And her youngest son, Paul, was your father. Paul wasn't home. He was working. But I wanted to have the conversation to let them know who I was and why I was in town and so forth. And so we sat at the table and I had an opportunity to talk to her and my biological grandfather. They, they were both home and they were, they were both doing well. What I remember the most from the conversations that I had with them on that day was they were really into getting all the facts. And then sometimes asking me the same questions, I think, over and over again to see if my story was still straight. To see, is this, is this guy going to give me the same story over and over again twice so I can make sure that he really knows what he's talking about? And so I sat for a good hour um, with them, answering their questions and talking, and, and I you, left it. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, I want to say this because I kind of went through that too. And I think it's in the era, in the this era of scams and crazy people and you look normal and I look normal. I think we both, the initial, obviously from Brenda, it was a little different, but when you're just contacting family members, you know, I got, I had the same, the first thing was, who are you and who is your mother? Like, okay, I know my, my loved one. I know what's up. Like, don't just be trying to pull a wool over my eye. You know what I mean? And I think people get nervous. And so there you are, because I know what you probably felt, because I felt it like, I, I'm just here. I'm just here to get to know you. I don't want anything from you. I don't need no child support. I don't need no money. I don't need no clothes. I just, I just, I just want you to know who I am. And, but from their perspective, they're fearful. They don't know what you really are doing. And if you're really being truthful, I really empathize with the grandparents. Um, so you get this wonderful evening with them and they tell you basically, we'll let Paul know because your father, biological father, and, and I, 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 I want to say biological because your father was who raised you. Your biological father lives with them. Um, and so you end up spending a wonderful time. You go home or you go back and then tell us what happens. So, yeah, I go back in, in knowing that they were going to relay the message, you know, and what I had told them was that at a bare minimum, if I could at least talk to him for, for even 30 minutes, I mean, at a bare minimum, that's all I want. And if he cho chooses that he's not, he's not interested, I said, I'd be okay with that. And I would accept that and I would move on. But I want to have an opportunity to meet him. Right. And because so just, they, before, they, just before the holidays in 2019, you tried to reach out to them last year before um, you found out who your mother was um, late last summer, actually. And he said, no, they, they didn't, they didn't want anything to do with it. Correct. Yeah, and that's right. And so I was in I was anticipating that I may not get a call back. Okay. You know, I, I kind of had it in my head like based on what would have happened the previous summer and all up to this point, um, that I may not get a call back. However, I was sitting in the car talking to you again, and all of a sudden, Paul is on the other line calling through. Right. I remember that. 
I was like, yeah. oh, dear Lord, let me get off. Let me get off. So, yes. So he yeah. calls in. So he calls and, and we talk and he said, you know, Sean, I, you know, at first I, I, I didn't know that this is something I wanted to pursue. Um, but I'm, he said, something came over me and I really just want to meet you. So I said, you know, that's great. Um, and we set up a, a time for me to go over and meet him in person and um, his parents as, as well, while, while they're there. So I had a, I had um, a scheduled time to go over to his home. I know that he was working at the time and, and he couldn't, you know, he had, I, we had to work around his schedule and so forth, but, but we made it work. And y'all met. Yeah. And... So they had me over for dinner. It was great. So they cooked dinner and we had like a little family dinner. Tell me a, a moment with Paul talking with him that really touched you or just resonated with you during these uh, first few meetings with him? You know, I, I think, I think um, it was really the, the first conversation that we had because um, we had certainly additional conversations that we talked, um, but it was that change of heart that he had where he just wanted to, to meet me all of a sudden. Um, and I think for me, that was more of the emotional piece because I thought for sure that it was going to be a no. I mean, that was, that's what, that's that what I thought. Um, and for him to have that change of heart and really just wanted to be open and see if we could um, develop a relationship further and knowing that that was now his new intent versus previously where he wanted nothing with that. I think that was the biggest thing for me was like, wow, this is, this is great. We now have an opportunity to, to see where it goes, to see where it leads. And, and that was kind of the message him and I had, like, we both don't know where, the, where these, we're going to take this. I'm, I'm 40 years old and you know, you're 58 and I don't know where this is going to go, but you know, this is a positive thing in both of our lives. And, and let's take it when we are one day at a time. Now, I'm going to just hit on an emotion that obviously everyone, we could get into the day of the funeral and we could, I mean, this story just continues. We find out um, as well, Sean, you have another half sibling who lives overseas. Um, Paul had a daughter. Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. Paul, Paul has a daughter. Her name is Mariah. And she lives in Madrid, Spain. Okay. And at this point, obviously, um, you know, you can't find. She doesn't know about me. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't know about me because well, Paul didn't know about me. Right. Um, um, and so, and so, Paul, I had asked Paul if he would go and tell her that I, you know, I existed, and he promised to go ahead and do that. Since then, I've had an opportunity to meet her over Zoom a couple weekends ago. In fact, I have another meeting with her tomorrow just to talk more, to get to know her a little bit better tomorrow. So, yeah. so I know you expressed to me um, the the feeling of confusion, and it started becoming too much. It started becoming overwhelming. And I remember us having this one talk, and I had to have a come to Jesus with you. Is what I call it. And I remember you feeling completely overwhelmed. I mean, you're not just meeting one or two people. You're meeting in 
entire families now for, because of the circumstances, because it's a small town, because there was a funeral. And I remember it just, you know, because all of a sudden everybody was like, you're my boy, you're my son, you're my, you know, I want you, I want you to come to family reunions, I want to see you, I want to be all part of your life. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I remember you calling me and you saying, it's like, whew, and you had to take this, you were just like, Tina. And you're just like, whew, and you just, it was almost too much. And, and it was, it was almost quote unquote, too much love. Like it was like, whoa, they, they don't know me. And why is everybody so, you know, this and your family now. And, and I remember having the talk with you and I said, Sean, stop. You got what you wanted. Now it might be coming at you fast, but they could have shut the damn door. Paul could have given you the finger and you would have had to get on that plane to tell a different story. And even though it's going a little too fast for you because you're a person who's more methodical and investigative and things are a little bit slower, it was a lot because all of a sudden, especially on the Costa side, things flipped very quickly, you know, from not wanting to see you to now you're accepted. And I know that was confusing for you. Like, how could they, you know, how could they go? And, and we have to be really honest because people need to understand honesty for, to really develop a relationship, right? If you're not honest in a relationship. And I remember there was one moment, even your biological mother was introduced. This is my son. And I said, have faith in her. And cause you're, that you're not her son, you're her biological son. You may one day have a close relationship with her in the next 30 years that you will have with your own mother. It'll be a different type of relationship, but you told me a beautiful story how she kind of kind of saw you kind of make a, just, you know, it, she could tell it was awkward for you and she apologized. And I think that was a beautiful moment just on her part recognizing that it was a lot for you because they're meeting one, you're meeting a hundred, right? And you didn't meet a hundred, but I'm saying that's what's happening in your world. And I remember even with Paul and you called me and you said, how, how, why didn't, and, you know, and I know, and, and it was the little boy that was talking because I know, because the little girl cried many times. And I remember when you said, but how did it change so fast? And I said, it doesn't matter that it changed so fast. What matters is it changed. And you went, you're right. I said, but that doesn't mean you don't have to step back and honor your mother. Right? Right. You honored your mother. That you, you, you actually took a couple of days before the funeral and didn't see either side and just went back to the home where your mother used to live and praised her and thanked her and, and, and saw old friends again and just got yourself back. But I remember us having that conversation. And I, and I know later you talked to me and you said it, it was helpful because you got everything you wanted. And it's kind of like, you know, when you get everything you want, then you're like, you don't know what to do with it. And I think that's where you were. Yeah, no, it was, it was certainly overwhelming. Um, you think you're prepared 
for, you know, I thought I was prepared for both sides. It, come to find out, I think I was more prepared for both of them to say no than to say yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was, it was an opportunity to meet both sides of the family, not just the biological parents, but both sides of the family and, you know, aunts, uncles, you know, siblings, cousins, grandkids, all at once, all within a few days, everybody accepting. And there was a lot of different emotions going through me because, you know, I grew up and they were, they weren't my family growing up. And now all of a sudden they're inviting me in like, like I've always been their family, part of their family, um, which was, which was great. But as you mentioned, it was overwhelming. It was overwhelming for me to feel the feelings I had. It, it was, it was hard to figure out my thoughts. Yeah. And I think you had and a lot I, of And emotions. I needed time to process it all. Yeah. And you, you're, you would say you're probably a controlled person, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're controlled, and I think that was, you couldn't control that. You couldn't control everything that was being thrown at you. And even though it was um, joy and love, it's, it's, it's like it almost smothered you, which is a beautiful thing. And I just wanted to remind you in that moment, you'd rather be smothered by love than hate and non-acceptance. No, that's absolutely for sure. That, that's for sure. And and I think I just like, I needed that time to process it all. Like e- even I knew that it was a good thing. I knew, but even though I knew it was a good thing, I was still having a hard time processing it all. Well, Sean, this has been an incredible journey uh, for you. And I have to say with you, never did I think I was going to be along for this ride. Um, I just, I love that everything has turned out good and you're going to be able to develop uh, these relationships. And I think it touched a lot of people uh, this past week um, when the episode came out, I definitely have gotten more people writing me about their story. So um, I'm sure I'll be doing more stories on people that find loved ones and with that, I just want to thank you again for sharing your story with us. Okay. Sure. No problem. And, um, as I said in the last episode, you got me at all this. <laughs> That's right. We're family now. We're so. family. We're family. That's right. And if you can just leave everyone with one thing, what would you tell people out there looking for a biological relative? I would say that, um, go for it, go for it, go for it. Just go for it. Uh, Yeah. Go for it. I mean, if you have unanswered questions that you really feel that you need closure on, then go after it. And, you know, hopefully you'll get what you're looking for. Like in my situation, it was, it was a great, it was great for me. Well, you may not receive that, you know, the same that I did, but at least you can have that closure. Um, and I think that that would be a lot. Like I was prepared for either way. And I think having the closure on my side, I would have been fine. Like I said, either way, my message would be go after it, get that closure and go after for what, what you need for you. And with that, I want to thank everyone for joining me this week on talks with Tina, where we sit, talk about things that truly matter. 
Don't forget to leave me a review on iTunes or Google Play and help others find stories just like this that can help them. You can also check me out on Talks with Tina B. That's my Instagram. And you can also email me at sharewithtina at gmail.com. Until next week, I'm Tina Battaglia. God bless you. God bless. Bye-bye.